sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. If you're not smart enough to save minutes for your second, maybe best player, well, it's frustrating. I can't bet the Clippers. I can't put American money on a team if I know the head coach is, is a bozo. And to me, Ty Lue is a bozo when it comes to these minute restrictions. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks on Sports Grid Radio right here on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Tuesday, February 23rd. Yours truly is sitting in for the next two glorious hours. Taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire your way. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well right here on an Opposite Picks Tuesday. What's up, LLs? What are we going to talk about today, you ask? Well, you snooze, you lose. Ever hear of it? Uh, three times the charm. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good rant. Facts we already know, giant mistake, Lakers are drained, NHL super trends, new way to beat the boys in Vegas. How about that? NBA props, NHL props as well, and of course, opposite picks. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here again on a Tuesday, February 23rd. Big day yesterday, got a lot of NBA stuff, we got a lot of NHL stuff to get to, uh, we got a football no college basketball, dookie pukies, I'm telling you right now, they're going to get it to the NCAA tournament, uh, their win last night unfortunately uh, helped their cause, and uh, we gave you NBA great trends yesterday, we're going to go across the aisle and go with the NHL great trends, don't have nearly as many admittedly as you do NBA, NBA yet got some phenomenal trends, and a couple of them continued yesterday you got a monster, monster one uh, in play later on tonight that we'll get to with our NBA picks. Uh, but, you know, we'll give you the, the NHL ones, the best ones that we have throughout the league. And then what we're also going to do is we're trying to figure out different ways to beat the boys in Vegas, right? So uh, we started the prop thing. That's kind of fizzled. Still got to continue it, but it didn't turn out the way I thought it would turn out. I got a new little system, a new little hunch here. Uh, we're just going to follow the trends. We are going to take the thinking out of it. I mean, who knows if guys are playing, who knows if the head coach is smart enough to reserve minutes left if they're on a minutes restriction, who knows if they're going to get sick, i.e. Steph Curry, literally seconds before a game and you got American money on Golden State and you find out their best player's not playing. Who knows about all this stuff right in the NBA? Who really knows who's motivated to play and who's not? So we're going to throw all that out the window, and we're just going to go with the trends, and we're going to follow the trends, and we're going to see how the trend games play out. So you'll understand when I go over the best trends in the NBA and NHL, we'll follow the trends, we'll fit out uh, which trends are in play that particular night, and uh, we'll follow it. And we'll see how it turned out last night, even though we really didn't give it to you yesterday, but still we'll let you know what would have been in play 
And then we'll see at the end of the week uh, how things turn out. So you don't have to know where a team plays, why a team plays. Scott Wetzel sitting in on this uh, Tuesday morning, just getting underway. Um, going to go over some trends, and we're going to follow the trends and see how well those trends play out. And uh, hopefully we have a, a new way to beat the boys in Vegas. So a lot to get to, 844-843-6879. Started in the NBA where the Lakers lost again. Ah, it's a beautiful thing. And not only did the Lakers lose last night, they lost because LeBron James choked again. Oh, brother. I don't care. You want to sit there and tell me he's the greatest basketball player of all time? Go ahead. If that allows you to sleep at night, as we like to say here at the morning show, knock yourself out. But I never in a million years would ever have this guy on my basketball team if I wanted to win a championship. I want to win regular season games. I want to play for three and a half quarters. Absolutely. LeBron's the first guy off the bench. But when I want a guy that's playing with two minutes left to go in a close game, he's the last guy off the bench. He's like that TV commercial where Barkley gets picked over the uh, like the five-year-old kid and he's all excited because he still has it. You know that that five-year-old kid that would be LeBron James in my eyes as far as who would be on my team in a close game. He blew it again last night. How many different ways can you blow a basketball game? LeBron may have set the record last night. First off, uh, I won't bury the lead. Washington knocks off the Lakers 127-124 in overtime. Now, had LeBron, you know, do or done what, you know, my uh, 13-year-old daughter can do, and that's hit a free throw, the game wouldn't have gone to overtime, and the Lakers would have won. But LeBron, choking at the free throw line, comes up short on a free throw with a tie game with nine seconds left. He misses. Game goes to overtime. Then he throws up a ridiculous three-pointer with seven seconds left in overtime. Just a moronic 40-foot shot. Plenty, plenty, plenty of time left on the game clock. And he throws up this brick from 40 feet. No good. He fouls Russell Westbrook. They're down one. Right? He's going to foul a guy, which you want to do. But unfortunately for LeBron... Uh, he fouls Westbrook and allows him to go to the basket and hit a layup. Now, Westbrook did miss the free throw, which did allow the Lakers to remain within three, not four. But, you know, that was no LeBron doing. That was a dumb play by LeBron. If you're going to foul a guy, you got to foul him and make sure he doesn't get to the bucket, for goodness sakes. I mean, more ways to screw up a basketball game for LeBron James last night. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. You know, outside of the Dookie Pukies winning, you know, really it was a spectacular night last night. Oh, uh, you got to love it. You just got to love it. All right, just getting underway right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sorry about that, local affiliate. God forbid LeBron should be able to go to a press conference and not have to throw a four-letter bomb at us, surprisingly. Uh, way, way to go, LeBron. Uh, Mr. Classy uh, himself. Uh, there you go. 844-843-6879. LeBron James talking about uh, how maybe he should have his minutes restricted. You know what? Well, you know, that is the one good thing about LeBron James. But I, I will tell you, 
I'm not going to prop a guy up just because he does something that's normal and 90% of other NBA players don't. You know, to play a basketball game, whether you need to play 30 minutes, 35 minutes, or 40 minutes, I'm not going to give the guy props because he's playing just because the other bozos around the league are taking days off. You're getting paid 30, 35, 40 million dollars plus. You know, forget about just salary, all your endorsements and everything. They're not paying you to sit on a bench. All those endorsements are paying you to are paying you to play, right? So you're making 50 plus million dollars. God forbid that we should actually have you out on a basketball court. So I'm. I'm not going to obviously rip him, but I'm also not going to put him on a pedestal just because, like I said, he's doing the normal thing uh, that anyone else would be doing. So bottom line is LeBron and company lose again last night. They've lost three in a row, four of five, and the, uh, the Western Conference is starting to slip away. They got a big game against the Utah Jazz coming up next this week. I think it's Thursday. You know, if they lose that game, Big if, but if they lose that game, they will be five games back in the loss column. Five. With Anthony Davis still a good two, three weeks away from returning. Now, maybe this coincides with AD's uh, you know, missing in action. Maybe it doesn't. Every team goes through its ups and downs no matter who's playing. But if they fall five behind, they're going to fall into fourth place. In the Western Conference. Forget about first, fourth. Jazz will be one. If they win, they would be 26 and 6. Clippers would be two at 22 and 10. Lakers would be, oh, excuse me, Phoenix would be three at 20 and 10. And then the Lakers would be in fourth place at 22 and 11. In the loss column, they would be in fourth place. And you have the Jailblazers not that far behind at 18 and 12, and you have the Spurs behind them at 16 and 11. Now, the Lakers would be ahead of the Spurs, even though they'd have the same amount of losses just because they played so many more games. You know, San Antonio's had so many games wiped out with the bad weather and Coronas. Uh, so, you know, I, I won't count them. But, you know, theoretically, realistically, they would be tied for fourth with the fifth place San Antonio Spurs in the loss column. Fifth, how great would that be? Now, would it matter in the end? No, it would not. But you know what it would do? It would give our Donovan Mitchell 65-1 to MVP ticket a little bit more of a jolt, a little bit more credibility. And this is part of the equation of getting Mitchell into that conversation, getting the Lakers out of the Western Conference number one seed talk. There's no way in the world. I don't care how much LeBron cries and begs and how much the media kisses his butt. There's no way in the world with a straight face a media member can vote LeBron James, the MVP award, if his team is finishing in third, fourth, or heaven forbid, fifth place. When you have a great story like the Utah Jazz finishing in first, and you have an absolute clear-cut number one guy on that Jazz team being Donovan Mitchell. There's just no way. So, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's still uh, 65 to 1, but we preached it all last week. Even if you got a couple of shekels on it, even if it's 10 bucks, 65 to 1, for goodness sake, I was getting that, that, that $650. Uh, let me go to FanDuel right now and just see. I'm sure the lines are still posted. Every once in a while, they pull them down. Team Future, Player Futures, MVP, uh, 65 to 1 still. I really, I, I'm amazed at that. I really. 
And that's going to be our pet little project here, getting Donovan. I don't even care if he doesn't win. I mean, you got to give the guy respect. They got the best record in the NBA by far. By far. It's not even close. They have six losses. The second place team in the NBA right now, the Clippers and Lakers, are at 22 and 10. I mean, when you only play 31 games and you have a four-game lead, that's a pretty sizable lead. And and he's 65 to one. Boy, I, I tell you, somewhere along the line, it might be this Laker game. Uh, you know, they play, th- I, I want to say Thursday. Let me just double check. Um, but it may be Thursday, you know, when they play. That, you know, all of a sudden, uh, no doubt that'll be a four-letter network game. That'll be on national TV, albeit it'll be a late game. Um, that is, yeah, Wednesday, actually, not Thursday, Wednesday. Uh, so it's tomorrow. Maybe that's the one, you know, maybe, but you know, Mitchell goes off for 35, 40 points. Lakers get smashed by double digits. Maybe that's the one that'll put Donovan Mitchell, uh, into everyone's mind, but you are getting a steal right now at 65 to one. You, you really are. So if, if that continues the way it's going, absolute, but LeBron last night, I'm shocked. I really, I know that line had sucker written all over it. We had it in our opposite picks, but I just didn't think they would lose to the Washington Wizards. The, I, I know they're playing a little bit better. I get that. I know Russell Westbrook going back to Los Angeles. I get that. But it's the Wizards. It's the, even now, 11-17 and 17 Washington Wizards. Outside of Cleveland and Detroit, they are in last place in the Eastern Conference. I mean, before this little run, they were 6-17. and 17. They're atrocious. And they're going to go into L.A. when you know the Lakers are going to give an honest effort because they lost two in a row in three of four, and they still beat the Lakers in overtime? Well, this Laker team's in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. And LeBron last night, oh, it's a beautiful thing. You know, you got to take the good with the bad. Uh, you know, the bad is the Dukey Pukey's winning last night. So we'll celebrate the LeBron Lakers uh, losing, or, or Duke winning last night. So we'll celebrate LeBron. But yeah, he could have won the game at the free throw line, and he chokes. It comes up way short. Then he fouls Westbrook, uh, allowing him to go to the bucket, which you're not supposed to do. If you're going to foul, obviously you foul. Fortunately, Westbrook missed the free throw, still allowed them, uh, you know, down three. And then LeBron throws up this absolute brick from literally 35, 40 feet out. It was a ridiculous shot. Plenty of time left. LeBron goes 2 of 10 from three-point land. I mean, you couldn't, uh, you know, blow a game any more ways than uh, what LeBron did. That's a beautiful thing. Had some nice trends last night come through. And this is what prompted me to do this this morning. So you got the Bulls beat the Rockets, who have now lost eight straight, one and seven against the spread. Zach Levine, only 20 points. You know, when we ripped Steven Silas last week, early last week, I believe it was, about him benching, maybe it was two weeks ago, about it probably was two weeks ago, about him, you know, benching some of his guys because they wanted to give these guys rest. They've yet to win since that's occurred. Winless since that Eight straight games. You keep on giving guys rest, Stephen Silas. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. You're going to get all the rest you need after the regular season because you're not making the playoffs. Suns, meanwhile, continue their winning ways. They get the best against the spread record in the NBA. 18-9. Beat up Portland last night. 132-100. Suns are now 9-1 their last 10 games. Back-to-back 30-point wins. First time since 1989. And your strangest score last night was Dallas over Memphis, 
uh, by only a 102-92 score. We'll explain why when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The the character of this team, I think that's really where it starts with us. You know, it's never going to be perfect. We're going to have halves like that, you know, but it's not a much matter of reflecting on the half. It's a matter of what we do next. I think that's something that we, we've really, you know, excelled in this year so far is not really worrying about, you know, the mistakes, you know, understanding weather, the storm, understanding that, you know, they came out hot, they came out ready to play, they've played loose and played free, and then we locked in, you know, and, you know, it's always easy to say, man, we should have done it from the beginning, but it's not always going to be the case. You know, it's not going to be pretty always. It's going to be ugly games. The way we played throughout the course of the game, that's the team we want to be. You know, teams that, <clears throat> like the number one team in the league wins a game like that. You know, and I think that's really where our head is at. All right, there you go. A little bit from uh, Donovan Mitchell, the Utah Jazz, who did it again last night. I got to tell you, I, I really I didn't like the line that much. That was one of those that you just have to do. Utah beating Charlotte last night, 132-110, and a very misleading score in that Charlotte was actually in the game the whole way. In fact, they were leading by double digits uh, for a portion of this game. And not only did Utah rally and win, they rallied and covered the spread. They hit uh, 28 three-pointers, 19 by guys off the bench, supposedly the most by any team's backups in NBA history, according to uh, Stats. Uh, S-T-A-T-S, which keeps track of uh, things like that, I suppose. So, And they broke their own record, oh, by the way. And they broke their own record, oh, by the way, uh, the last time they played Charlotte. They, they hit 26 three-pointers. So they hit 28 last night. They overtake a double-digit deficit, and they uh, beat Charlotte by 22, and they cover the spread. Now 22-1 and one against the spread. And last night's a good indication of why... You know, you, you play, you know, these trends and you don't think about, you know, whether you like them or you don't like them. I wouldn't have laid, you know, Charlotte's a halfway decent team, believe it or not. Um, you know, with Gordon Hayward and company, they're, they're actually done very well for themselves this year. Nothing great, mind you, but uh, they're not the laughing stock that I think people thought they would be. You know, they're 14 and 16, and that's not too bad. You know, before last night, 5 and 7 on the road. Again, not, not that bad. So, you know, they're not like the Cleveland Cadavers. You know, they really had no business being a 12-point underdog last night. But I said, you know what, you can't you can't overlook, you know, 19-2-1 against the spread numbers. And I know they lost their last time out, but unlike what a lot of people do, and I know this is like a, a prevailing theory, if you have a great streak like Utah had and it was broken, Team or guys like to play the same thing to happen again. Like in the case of Utah, they had a great winning streak and they lost. So people like to play against them, thinking, all right, it's going to happen again. You'd be surprised how many times that happened, right? 
I, I don't know if it's a 50-50 proposition, but I will tell you, it, it doesn't happen all the time. It really doesn't. I, I like going right back onto that streak. Just because one game stops, it doesn't necessarily mean that the thing's going to be the end of the, of, the, of the streak. So I'm okay with it. I, and I went right back on it, to tell you the truth. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, there you go. Uh, they hit another winner, uh, laying 12, 12 and a half. Like I said, I, I was not in favor. I didn't really like that line. I wouldn't have played that game. But 20 down 2 and 1 against the spread. That is just remarkable. That, that, that really is just an amazing streak. I mean, wow. Uh, and now they get it with guys coming off the bench. Mitchell only had 23 last night. That's the mark of a good team. You know, when, when the starters aren't doing well, the guys come off the bench. Got to keep playing them. I'm telling you. Same thing, you know, with the Nets. Uh, I, I know they've had a couple now unders hit, but they're monster streaks. And we'll go over here. These are the second. Um, you got to keep on playing the overs on, on the net games. So take the thinking out of it. As, as we like to say, don't make it harder than it has to be. So you get the Bulls to beat the Rockets. Rockets have now lost eight in a straight. Uh, eight straight. <clears throat> Dallas beat Memphis 102-92, which on the surface is not necessarily that surprising, except that uh, Memphis does not cover, and they've done a good job on the road. And even more importantly than that, Dallas has been a strong over team this year, and uh, the Grizz have been a strong over team this year. And not only didn't the game go over, it didn't even come close. I mean, that over-under was in the 230s, which was high. But when you have those kind of numbers, as Memphis and Dallas have for the overs, it's got to be that way. And again, 102-92 is a head-scratcher for sure. Miami might be turning things around finally. It's taken a long time, but they've won a couple now in a row. They beat uh, OKC 108-94. That Thunder team's a weird team. I, I don't get it. Uh, they are much better on the road than they are at home. I mean, they're not great to begin with, but their against-the-spread numbers on the road are pretty good. Even their win-loss record, 4-10 and 10 at home, 8-9 and nine on the road. I mean, 8-9 and nine is pretty darn good, you know? Uh, that, that's uh, yeah, Most teams would sign up for that, to tell you the truth. Uh, they have a basically a 500-road record. So, But at home, for some dopey reason, 4-10. and 10. Go figure. You know, in a, a game against Miami... Yeah, the, the Heat are 13 and 17 heading into this game. You know, um, they have about now won three in a row. You got to if you're OKC and you want to make the playoffs, you got to win that game. You, you just have to. Very strange that they would be so bad at home and so good uh, on the road. Phoenix beat Portland 132 100. We talked about that. Jazz over the, uh, the Hornets 132 110. So you got two teams winning with 132 points. And then the Wiz beat the Lakers, as we've talked about, 127 124. So overall, as far as uh, your numbers go, uh, pretty good day for the favorites and uh, not so good for the uh, underdogs. Favorites went 5-1. and one. The only loser, the L.A. Lakers. Uh, that was the only one. And over-unders went 3-3 three and three last night. So we'll, we'll keep track of that. So 5-1 and one straight up and against the spread. And I tell you, an over-under 3-3. Three and three. We're continuing really an amazing stretch here. I've not followed this that closely before. But we're going to follow it. And we are now in a stretch of two-plus weeks in the NBA where the winning team, and, and, and keep in mind a lot of this is the underdog winning out, right? So the underdog is going to cover. But the winning team has covered every single game except one over the last two and a half weeks. Winning teams are now 34-30 and 30 straight up, 33 and 34 and 1 against the spread. So again, 
the winning basketball team, or the favorite, uh, rather, the favorite is 34 and 30 straight up, 33 and 30 and one against the spread. So there's only been one game in which the favorite has won and did not cover over two weeks plus a Monday. That's pretty impressive. That, that's pretty. That's really amazing when you when you start. You know, generally speaking, NBA is tough because you got to not only pick the winner and you got a lot of underdogs. Obviously, at thirty four and thirty, it goes to show you that the underdogs are you know are live dogs in the NBA. And for only one favorite to win but not cover, I mean, you literally just have to pick the winning team. You used to have a phone caller. Uh, Mikey down at Texas that would always say that we call it football. You know, just pick the winning team. Just pick the winning team. Just pick the winning team and you'll do all right. <clears throat> and as I've always told him, I, I, you know what? I know that, but that's easier said than done. You're making it sound like it's so easy. Just pick the winning team. Uh, same thing here. You know, you make it sound like it's so easy. But it's really just amazing that if you just throw out the, the point spreads, just throw them out. Don't even consider them. And whether it's one, two, three-point favorite or eight, nine, ten, eleven-point favorite, if you pick the winning team, you're covering every game except one over the last two plus weeks. Very uh, interesting, we'll say. As far as our props last night in the NBA, five and seven, to make a long story short. Uh, I two in the Chicago Houston game. Zach Levine, who's on a great, great run for Chicago, he had a monster total last night 31 and a half. He only hit for 20. John Wall only had 15. His number was 24 and a half for the uh, Rockets. So 0-2 in that game. For some reason, FanDuel, when I looked, and that was about an hour before the game, all the other games had numbers posted. There were no numbers for Memphis and Dallas for uh, player props. No no category at all. Um, I don't know if they ever posted them, but uh, I, I don't know if that was just a blip on FanDuel, if there was something going on in that game. But uh, very strange, though, right? Out of all the scores that you looked at last night, you may not have thought the Lakers were going to lose, but out of all the like, boy, that's a weird score, huh? Dallas and Memphis was because of those over trends, and yet that was the one game that FanDuel didn't have any player props on. At least, again, not when I looked, and that was about 7 o'clock or so, and they tipped off just after 8, so there'd be no reason why all the other games, even the West Coast games, all had player props, and they didn't. Interesting, huh? How did they know? How did they know something goofy was going on in that, or, or there'd be a goofy, I mean, makes you scratch your head, doesn't it? Very strange. Miami OKC, uh, Butler went under, Alexander Gilchrist went over, he had 27 last night for uh, the Thunder. Portland and Phoenix went 1-2, and two. Lillard had just 24, his total was 31 and a half. Booker had 34, but he's been on a monster tear. Uh, his over-under over, number was 25 and a half. And then Chris Paul, uh, strangely enough, only had two points last night. So uh, Portland and Phoenix went one and two. Jazz and uh, Charlotte went one and one. Gordon Hayward left with an injury, but he still had 21 points. He went over his 19 and a half total. Mitchell had 23. He went under his 25 and a half. And then Lakers and Washington, uh, two and one over. Uh, Bradley Beal had 33 to go over his 30 and a half. Uh, Westbrook had 32 to go over his 20 and a half. And LeBron at 31. So he just, just, just went under as his number was 31 and a half. So two and one over in that game. So two and one, one and one, one and two, one and one. Nothing on Memphis, Dallas, so we're not going to count that. 
Otherwise, all three of those would have gone under uh, with uh, Morant, Doncic, and uh, Porzingis, and then uh, 0-2 with Chicago and Houston. So 5-7 and seven, uh, for this week. 64 over, 51 under heading into this week. We'll uh, keep abreast of that as we think most of these will be going under. All right, we'll check out the NHL. We'll give you the uh, NHL uh, props and stats. All next right here, Opposite Picks on a Tuesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Check out our poll question on this Tuesday morning, 40 minutes past the hour. Yours truly sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Toll-free telephone number. We'll take some phone calls next hour, 844-843-6879. NBA, you got the Utah Jazz winning. You got the Phoenix Suns winning yesterday. So uh, prompted me to say, uh, what NBA team is most likely to win the championship outside of the Lakers and Clippers? So you got to go elsewhere. So we put up Utah, we put up Phoenix, and we put up the number one seed in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers. Could have supposedly put up the Brooklyn Nets, but you got to give credit where credit is due. Philadelphia is in the number one slot, although the hot team right now is obviously the Brooklyn Nets, but uh, that's why we have the uh, other. So right now, early on, just posted a little while ago, <clears throat> you got the Utah Jazz leading the way at 38%, other getting 38% of the vote with the Nets uh, getting a bulk of those. Uh, you got Philadelphia getting 14%, and uh, the Phoenix Suns getting only 9.5%. But again, we just posted it, just 21 votes uh, so far. So go to your opposite picks feed, uh, get your vote in, and uh, we will update that uh, a couple of times before we are through. Our poll question from yesterday. Let's see, where is it here? Uh, yesterday we put up... up, 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 up uh, the 2021 Strangest Sight in Sports. No fans in the stands is your winner. How about that? 51, nearly 52% of the vote. Uh, the Sun stopping an NHL game, which I still think is very bizarre. I, I would have voted for that, to tell you the truth. Uh, 23% of the vote. College football in February, very strange, but that's what we have with this one AA FCS action, uh, getting 22% of the vote, and the uh, other, name it, uh, getting uh, almost 4% of the vote. So uh, that was from yesterday. Go to your opposite picks feed, get your vote in today, and again, uh, we will update that a couple times before we are through. All right, hockey last night. Got a pretty good slate of games uh, for later on tonight. Uh, we had a couple of games last night as well as we scroll down uh, for the NHL. Let's check out our props last night. We're going to, you know, I'm going to, it, it's funny. Yesterday, I, I say, it's the boys in Vegas, I tell you, they, they, they can't miss a beat. It's amazing. Yesterday, you know, we had a little bit of a setback last week with these uh, shots on goal props as we had uh, more unders than overs. And I was thinking we'd have more overs. But as I pointed out yesterday, you know, some of these teams have like four guys. Uh, you know, St. Louis actually has five guys that are all near the top of their team standings for shots on goal. 
And you just can't play all those guys because not all those guys are, you know, there's just not enough shots, uh, you know, in the barrel to give everyone their over. So you really got to limit it to one or two guys, right? So I tried to do that last night. And lo and behold, L.A. has four guys. They went 4-0. St. Louis, uh, you know, has five guys. Uh, although they only did go two and three, but their main guy didn't get any shots on goal, Braden Shen. You know, so he he was a loser. So if you limit it to one, you know, you ended up losing in that game when you would have if you would have played them all and gone six and three. So every time you think you can outsmart these guys, you can't do it. So maybe maybe we should just go back to take the top three, four guys and then just play them shots on goal. So Buffalo and the Islanders, Anders Lee was the main guy for the Islanders. He had four. Everly had uh, two. So they went one and one. The Kings, I told you, Carter, Kempe, Afalo, Kopitar, they all hit all four, no, boom, five, four, three, and three. You know, last night, that game, I'm watching the game. That's the game where you say to yourself, man, these, I don't know how these guys all don't get four or five shots. Like, there were a couple of sequences in that game, Kopitar. Uh, and in uh, Kempe in particular, that they had two shots in, in a matter of seconds. Like, they had a shot, and they followed it up with a rebound shot. And it's like, boom, there you go. Two shots, just like that. Five seconds, two shots, nice and easy. How don't these guys get seven or eight shots a game? You know, you, you think it's so easy. In reality, it's not, but that's, you know, that's how easy it can be. So that was an easy, nice L.A. Kings. And then St. Louis, Shed didn't have any. What a disgrace that was. Their, their leading shot on goal guy, uh, and, and FanDuel only gave you two and a half, and he couldn't even get one shot, let alone three. O'Reilly got four. He was a winner. Hoppin only had one. He was a loser. Falk had uh, three. He was a winner. And uh, David Perron had one. He was a loser. So St. Louis went two and three, but still six and three for the game. And then Anaheim was uh, one of the plays last night. Raquel had six. And uh, Silverberg had won, so they went one and one. So overall, not a bad day, though. Eight winners, only five losers. Tonight, we have uh, a number of guys in action. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams facing teams that are in the top ten, uh, thereabouts anyway, in worst shots on goal allowed. And that's what you got to do. You got to find the teams that give up the most shots on goal and you play the opposition and you play the opposition's best players. So you can pick and choose. I took the best guys, uh, the guys that get the most shots for each particular team. I'll keep track of it. You know, you want to go with one. Uh, you want to go with just the main one. You can do that. You know who's in action tonight, don't you? You know who's the big play tonight? Our boy Brian Rust. Oh, he has been good to us. Who's Brian Rust, most of you are asking? I don't doubt that. Uh, he plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins. No, it's not Sidney Crosby. No, it's not a getting Malkin. No, it's not Genzel. No, it's Brian Rust. Believe it or not, he leads the uh, Penguins by far, not even close, in shots on goal. Let me see real quickly if uh, FanDuel has shots on goal posted. I tell you, for some reason... They're always last with shots on goal. Ooh, they got it. How about that? Let's see what his total is. Let's, or at least it's listed anyway. Let's see. His total is two and a half. It's a guy that averages four and a half shots on goal. If you go to his total, uh, we'll go to NHL. 
And you wouldn't think it would be him, obviously, right? You'd think it would be Crosby. But I tell you, don't play Crosby. I, I, you know, you can count on one hand how many times that guy hits his shots on goal prop. It, it just it doesn't happen often. He doesn't shoot like that. That that's not him. But other guys on that team are. In fact, he's not even like second. I think he's like fourth on the team in shots on goal. Believe it or not. Um, actually, he's second. He's picked up his pace here a little bit. But Rust has sixty. Crosby's next in line with forty-two. This Rust Brian Stinkin' Rust has eighteen more shots on goal. Same amount of games, sixteen, as Sidney Crosby. And I bet Crosby's numbers are higher. Rust is uh, two and a half. And where's Crosby? Crosby, Crosby, Crosby. Crosby is at two and a half, too. They're both two and a half. But think about that. Rust averages one more shot a game than Crosby, and their over-unders are identical, two and a half, with, with similar vigs. You know, that's, that's where you pay for name. You know, you're paying for Sidney Crosby's name. So think about it. Brian Rust, 16, 32, 48, 48. Uh, next would be 58, 64. He averages almost four shots a game. And his over-under number is two and a half. That's a mistake. And if you think it's like a, a recent little thing with him, no, it, he's he's been this way. I mean... Shots on goal has been his thing for whatever reason. It's Crosby, you know, setting him up. Now, he only had one his last time out, but that's against the Islanders. So I wouldn't bet an over on a shots on goal against the Islanders. They play too much defensive style. But before that, four, four, six, six, eight, two against the Rangers, three, zero, five, three, 11, one, three. And then we'll forget the first two. So out of his last which he got one and two. Out of his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Out of his last 14 games, he has had three shots, which is our magical number, or more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten times. What did we say? 10 out of 13? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 10 out of 14. Lousy three shots on goal. Boy, he is just get on get on the Brian Rust. You know, we're gonna we're we're gonna give this uh, poor guy so much publicity. You know, only our dopey morning show would be talking about Brian Rust. But you know what? A winner is a winner. That's all I care about. I don't care who it is, what sport it is, uh, how it's done, where it's done, why it's done. Brian Rust, over. Props on goal. What else we got tonight? We got uh, Chicago and Columbus. They're facing off against each other. Those are two teams that are in the top uh, 12 in our category. So you can play Patrick Kane and Dominic Kubelik for Chicago. Uh, you can play three guys on Colorado if you want. You got Montreal and Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa's one of those go-against teams. Tyler Toffoli for, for Montreal and Brendan Gallagher are their main two guys. And then Edmonton versus Vancouver, and both the Oilers and Canucks are in the top uh, uh, categories to play against. So you can go with Connor McDavid. You know, McDavid's numbers are going to be like four and a half. Besser for Vancouver. His numbers aren't too bad, and he's he's due for a winner because I've had him the last couple of times, and he's not come even close. So you might want to play him just because he's going to be due. So those are our hockey plays uh, for later on. Now, trend-wise, 
NBA, uh, take out your pad and pencils here. We'll go over some of the hockey trends. Trends aren't as good in the NHL as they are in the NBA uh, for whatever reason. But still, I have about 15 NHL trends that we are going to do like we do in the NBA. We're going to follow the trends, and then we're going to mix and match them up, and then whichever trends are in play that particular night, tonight being Tuesday, we're going to follow along. Uh, here, here are your uh, your trends. Anaheim twelve and five under. Carolina nine two. And these games include last night. Carolina nine two and one over. Blackhawks nine and four over run. Uh, Chicago's also six and two. Their last eight games. Five has got to be the split that we're going to use. So some of these are trends that we're just going to monitor. But there's got to be a five game over under difference for us to use that. Uh, Dallas is on an 0-6 straight-up run. They've lost six straight. Uh, Detroit, 13-5 under. Edmonton, 6-1 their last seven games. Kings, believe it or not, uh, have won five straight. They're on fire. They're also 10-5 over their last 15. Islanders, 11-5 under their last 16 games. Uh, Rangers, 8-4-1. Now, we won't use that, but we'll, we'll monitor that. Montreal on a nice six and one under run. Ottawa twelve seven and one under, including eight two and one their last eleven on the season. They can't score a lick. Uh, Philadelphia eight three and two over. Tampa Bay seven three and one over. Uh, Toronto seven and three despite losing last night uh, in their last uh, ten games. Vancouver's awful uh, two and nine their last eleven games. Vegas on a nice 6-0 under run. And uh, Winnipeg, 6-2-1 under. Notice all those unders and a lot of unders last night. Two, five, five and two and one push under last night. In the two weeks that I started following this, believe it or not, 29 overs, 50 unders with two pushes. 50 and 29 under in the NHL. Defensive hockey has taken over. But there's a big difference between an NHL run and an NBA run. I'll explain the difference when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back on a uh, Sports Grid Radio Tuesday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in as we always do, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Sundays from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. All right, all those trends I gave you, right? So now we're going to put them into all the games, and we're going to follow along. Like last night, uh, over Carolina and Tampa Bay was one of the plays because uh, Tampa Bay is on a nice seven and three overrun or seven and two, uh, seven and three last night, and then Carolina's on a nine and two overrun, right? So we got to push out of that one. Uh, another one would have been uh, Toronto uh, laying a buck forty-five versus Calgary because they told you the Maple Leafs on a nice little run there. Uh, they lose, so we're minus one forty-five under Anaheim, Arizona. Uh, that was a 4-3 score, so that would have been a loser. 
Florida is playing good, or Dallas is playing lousy hockey. So Florida would have been to play last night. Um, I'm laying a buck twenty-five, they win. Dallas lost again. Now six in a row, and then under five and a half, Buffalo and the Islanders. Uh, with the Islanders, a strong under team, that was the winner. So following the trends, we would have gotten two, two, and one. Now hockey's a little different in that you're going to have to lay odds on some of this stuff. So we went two, two, and one, but we're actually minus fifty-five bucks uh, with the minus one forty-five on Toronto loser, and then the VIG on the uh, Anaheim Arizona one. So we'll, we'll keep that in mind. And the other thing is with hockey, unlike with the NBA, so I don't expect these trends to be so strong as the NBA trends. Is that you know they can lower a number in the NBA, a total or a point spread by a couple of points if it's on a monster run. NHL, they can lower that goal total by one. You know, there's a big difference between a six and a half or a six or even a five and a half. So eventually they lower these numbers so far that even if you're on a nice defensive run, we'll say, but if they post it at five, you're not going to get an under. So, but you know what? We'll follow along. We'll do it with the NBA as well. And we'll see if we uh, can find a way to beat the boys in Vegas here. So hopefully cross your fingers. It'll all work out. So we'll have some fun with this. And I'll let you know what the plays are for today when we come back. Opposite Picks on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204. 